Yo. Welcome to the Autumn Miles Show. Autumn is a best-selling author, popular speaker, and wife who is obsessed with her husband and four crazy kids. She is also the CEO of the Autumn Miles Ministry, as well as a lipstick and lash enthusiast. Autumn's vision is to speak to the culture with bold truth and challenge you to act in raw faith. Here's Autumn Miles. Hey, this is Autumn with the Autumn Miles Show. Hi, guys. Love y'all. Miss y'all over the last, you know, day. (laughs) I guess I was on yesterday. I have an awesome guest for us today. We're going to get to her in just a minute. Um, she, I think she's going to be very inspiring. You know, new year. We need, we want inspiring guests on the show. Um, She's going to be amazing. I want to just say thank you all so much for reaching out to us. Um, we hear for you, from you so much. And, you know, y'all don't send a lot of hate mail, which is really nice. So we're thankful for that. Dan, I mean, if you have a problem with Dan, you need to send it directly to Dan. But uh, we really appreciate just just your pause. I, I, it's just enc- encouragement that you have sent us um, over the years. We are about to celebrate Three years, three years, y'all. And I am just assuming in your car, you are just clapping and hooting and hollering. You know, this is we've done hundreds of shows, right, Dan, about hundreds of shows. Um, And each one sort of takes on their own flavor. And it's it's amazing when we just feel the spirit of God sort of come in and take over. And um, so thank you guys so much for hanging with us. We hear all the time. I listen to your show every day and like I don't even understand why, but y'all out there, y'all know who you are. I adore you. Listen, you're listening to this show because of two reasons. Um, Bold truth. Something has attracted you to the bold talk and also raw faith. Y'all know how I feel about packaged faith when it's like, you know, I I, I really stepped out in faith and like went to Chick-fil-A and bought lunch. That's not faith. Okay. I'm talking about Moses, a a modern day Moses. When he stood at the Red Sea, he was probably freaking out with his staff in his hand going, oh God, you got to come through. That's the kind of faith that we talk about on the show. So that's why you guys listen. And we've got a gal on today that I really think is going to bless you. Just with her life, you know, it's it's great. I think sometimes when we start, like, I'm going to start this ministry, I'm going to start this organization, I'm going to start this thing. But um, my guest today, Hannah Brencher, she actually lived it first. And I love that. So I want you to welcome my guest today. She's got a new book out. It actually came out uh, last year, but we're going to highlight it today. Come Matter Here. Welcome to the show, Hannah. How are you, my dear? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. And we just talked about how I'm under the weather and probably have way too much DayQuil in my system, (laughs) but we're rocking this out anyway, right? Absolutely. Whatever gets you through. (laughs) (laughs) I typically not, I don't really take medicine ever. I'm one of those like phobic medicine people. And Uh my my husband told me last night, he said, wow, you're taking medicine. I was like, that's, that's how I feel. That's how you know that I feel bad is I'm actually taking medicine. So I want to talk about this movement that has developed into an organization that um, you kind of started living in New York City. We're going to get to your book in a little bit, but can you just kind of tell me um, your story and um, what sort of developed from it? 
Yeah, so I moved to New York City right after college, and I think I had this idea in my head of what it was going to look like, that it was probably going to look like a scene out of The Devil Wears Prada, (laughs) really romantic and awesome, you know, all of the notions that come with moving to New York City. And um, it looked nothing like that at all. Um, It was really hard, and very quickly I experienced a lot of loneliness and a lot of sadness um, that eventually morphed into a diagnosis of depression. But at the time, I didn't know anything about depression. No one had ever talked to me about depression. And so I just assumed you know, this is just a matter of get stronger, pull yourself up up by your bootstraps, like, you know, go out there. And as a way to really, like, cope with this loneliness and sadness, what I would do is I would pick strangers out from the train, um, out from the subway, and I would write them letters. Mm. And it was just my way of getting my feelings out and for me to feel like I wasn't alone with these feelings. And so... When I had filled a notebook with these letters, I just decided, like, you know, I'm not going to read these anymore. I don't need these. And so I ripped them out, and I would leave them around New York City for other people to find. This was, like, completely accidental, not anything that I planned to go further. Um, But when I blogged about leaving these letters around, I basically said to the Internet, if you need a letter, I'll write to you. And I thought that I was going to get, like, five and tops, like responses from people asking for love letters from my blog. But um, I spent the next nine months writing <laughs> a little under 400 letters to strangers around the world. Oh, my goodness. Okay, let me stop you here for a second. So you moved to New York City. Okay, I love that you referenced The Devil Wears Prada because, I mean, who doesn't <laughs> love that movie? Come on now. Um, so you go to New York City. Your expectation is totally opposite than reality okay yeah um I right after college can you this has nothing to do with if you find this well actually it has a lot to do with it what can you talk to me about what was so different about what you thought and then actually reality because I know we have a lot a lot of young people that podcast cast the show and I think a little bit of your wisdom would um, would go a long way with them. Can you talk about that for just a sec? Yeah, I mean, I think that, like, there is this idea, especially not even just moving to New York City, but moving to a city or a new place in general. You have this notion or this idea in your head of what it's going to look like, you know? Like, you think, I'll instantly make friends. Like, I pictured myself, like, out of a movie scene, like, running down the street, like, cars honking, <laughs> greeting me. You know, like, I think that that's what I thought of New York. Um, and actually, I was um, I was very isolated, and it wasn't easy to make friends. And I learned that New York is a very congested city. You're surrounded by people all the time, and yet um, it's really easy to feel more disconnected than ever before. Mm. Um and so I think I, I wrestled with that that feeling of, like, this isn't how it's supposed to feel. This isn't how it's supposed to look. And, I, I mean, I've since learned from that point that, like, just because we move somewhere near new, like, I think social media and the world wants us to think it's going to be instant and everything's going to come together overnight. And the reality is that we kind of have to dig our feet in and we have to do the hard work and we have to make that place our own. Mm-hmm. And I quickly realized like New York was a wonderful place. It just wasn't my city. I love that you said do the work. It's a commitment. 
you know, um, it's yeah. something that, wow, this is this is totally failing in all my Devil Wears Prada expectations. Um, but I'm here. I'm going to do the work. I have to, I feel like I talked all last year about doing the work because we don't want to work anymore. You know, we want it to be Instagram ready, but that's just not reality. So Hannah, bravo to you for actually uh, talking about this. Now let's get into these letters because I have like 750 questions about them. So you, okay, so you, did you go to a doctor and, and, and he diagnosed you or she diagnosed you with your depression? Is that kind of how that worked? Yes, but that didn't happen. So I started leaving the letters in September of that year. I didn't go to the doctor until January of that year. Oh, okay. Wow. So was the letters kind of a therapy then for you? Yeah, I think that I, I'm always like, I'm always hesitant or I always open up by saying that like in no way did the letters heal me, um, that I definitely needed the help of a therapist and a support network and all of these things. But I think what the letters did was they pulled me outside of myself. I think like even at that point, you know, social media was really just developing. Instagram wasn't around yet. And depression I've since learned is like a really self-centered illness and so it wants you to focus on yourself and how you're feeling and what's going on with you and really wallow from that place and so the letters helped me to push outside of myself and see other people in the journey and I think also like once these letter requests started coming in I, I knew I'd made a promise to people and I wanted to fulfill that promise and so it kept me waking up knowing that there was something that I needed to do every single day, that somebody somewhere was waiting for me. Wow. Okay. So you get on your blog, you request, you get 400, 400. Is that what you said? Is that correct? Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You get 400 requests and you're like, Oh, okay. Awesome. Um, you're, you're, you're definitely going to respond. What, tell me what it was like to like, how did that go? Hey, if you need a love letter, I'm your girl or whatever it was in your, in your language. I mean, what did they say when they wrote in? Because this like it just warms my I, I, I'm obsessed with this piece of your story. What do they say? <clears throat> I mean, people just like opened up the floodgates. Um, some of the saddest, craziest stories that I had ever read, you know, and What's crazy about the story that a lot of people don't know is that um, when this happened, you know, I wasn't really a believer in God. Like I had had some experiences where I felt really burned by Christianity. And I remember moving to New York and saying, like, God, I think that you're real. I don't know if you're good. Um, And I said, I'm not going to a church and I'm not going to open a Bible because these things have been used against me. So if you're going to be real, show up in your people like that was my prayer. Um, And so God used this to get to me because it was almost as if I always liken it to that scene in the Wizard of Oz where, like, you think it's this all-powerful wizard and then you draw back the curtain and you realize it's just this man with all these weaknesses and failures. And and I think that's what God did for me. He drew back the curtain and he showed me, like, hey, like, a lot of people are hiding behind the screen. A lot of people are lonely. A lot of people are sad. You are not the only one in this. And, like... I I have something for you. Like, I have a role for you to play in this. And um, honestly, don't think without those letters that I would ever have come to know God. Mm. 
This is fascinating. Uh, you know, let me just, this is like a little side note. We've done hundreds of shows, and uh, most of the people we have on that shows, including myself, has had a moment that you just said. It's so crazy yeah. how God will get us to a point where we're like, I, I flat out said, I do not believe in you. I don't believe in the Bible. I don't believe in these. But if you're real, you better speak. And that's mm-hmm. when I met Jesus. <laughs> yep. So the fact yep. that you did that, and, and it's almost like God's like, all right, you're ready. All right, here we go. Like he'd been pursuing me all along, but it's like, I'm going to reveal something amazing to you because you're listening. Yeah. So that is phenomenal. Okay. So you get all these letters. I want to talk to your book. I don't want to run about your book. I don't want to run a time. Um, so you, so you start receiving all these letters and that's when you met God. I want to get it. I want to get it super clear. Or was it in New yeah, York? So it was, I was in New York at the time and it was all of these emails from people asking if I would write to them. Mm. Um, and so I spent that time, you know, handwriting letters and mailing them off to people. And in the midst of that is where I really met God and felt like it became real um, and then after that was when I just was like, okay, like I wanted the story to be done. Like I really, I hit letter 400. I'm like, this will be a great story to tell my kids about one day. But like, I don't want to be the love letter writer. Like, I don't want you to find me in Grand Central Station writing letters for $5 a pop, you know, like, and I had friends surrounding me that were like, no, like you can't kill the story right when it's about to get to the best part. Like, wow you need to turn this into something. And that was what became the foundation of more love letters was like, okay, at this time in my life, I needed this more than anything. And so how do we give this to other people so that they can do the same? And how did you do that, Hannah? What did you do? (laughs) I built a website. Um, (laughs) I basically like it had never existed before and it's still, we've never found something that really replicates it. But like we just, we created a website where people could go online. They could nominate friends and family going through something. Um, and then we put stories up online every month. And anyone from around the world gets a chance to write to those people. And that person gets to experience, um, you know, hundreds of letters showing up for them at a time where they think that probably no one's going to notice them, that, like, they're inadequate, they're not worthy. And, like, it's just as a way to show people, like, radical love that you don't have to pay for. And I think like make people question like, well, where does that kind of love come from? This is the epitome of what, you know, Christianese here speaking life. Like this is the, this is why it is so important for us as believers to come alongside someone that's going through something and encourage them and offer them hope. I mean, Hannah, if you're doing this and you're getting people from around the globe to say, I'm going through this. I need support. Are we doing that same thing? I'm throwing this out to my audience who's listening. Are you doing that same thing to your neighbor, to, you know, my your Starbucks girl, you know, to your lash lady, to your nail guy or girl? You know, are you doing that same thing? What this is to me, this sounds almost like a challenge, um, you know, yeah. because if you're not, why? People need it. You know, people need it. Um, this is phenomenal. So what kind of response have then, then you received from, um, you know, these people that receive the letters? I mean, it's always, it's always overwhelming. Like we've yet to ever have a response where somebody is like, I don't want these letters. Where do they come from? Um, <laughs> I was going to say that. <laughs> it's beautiful. Like it's just, 
I think people are blown away that, like, you can, like, one, we always make it so that, like, it's a very personal thing between your loved one and you. And so we want you to have that moment. We don't need you to document it, Instagram it. Like, we would love a testimonial. But, like, we want it to be this moment where you're able to say to somebody you love, like, hey, like, I wanted to do something really special for you. And, like, this was something I couldn't do on my own. And, like, where you think that, like, no one thinks of you or no one knows your name, like, there's actually all of these people all over the world that like thought of you and sat down to write to you. Um, and so this person gets this bundle that's like, you've got letters from Indonesia and Russia and England and all over the world, like speaking into your life. Amazing. Um, and so, I mean, we've just seen some like really crazy radical results of it. Like, I know one of my favorite stories was at a speaking event uh, this past year. A guy came up to me and he said to me that he um, he had been in a, he had been in the army and um, he was 34 years old and he decided like it was time to like hang up his jacket and he was going to go back to school for what he'd always been passionate about, which was like video gaming um, and like designing video games. And so he was at the speaking engagement for this new student orientation and he said to me, you know, like. When I was in the Army, like, I was overseeing a bunch of guys, and there was one guy specifically that struggled with depression, and we did everything that we could. Like, we, we were trying so hard just to, like, keep him together, and he's like, and I didn't put the pieces together, but he attributes the reason why he is still alive to your organization, that what? someone nominated <laughs> him for letters, and they showed up for him, and those letters kept him going. Oh my goodness. Wow. What a what? (laughs) Right. What a testament to the need. Wow. Like these, it literally saved his life. Like that's absolutely incredible. Wow. Okay. I'm totally obsessed. Um, so if you just joining us, I want to transition here for a minute, Hannah, to your book. Um, we are speaking to Hannah Brincher and she founded, is it called If You Find This Letter? Is the organization If You Find This Letter? Because I've got several things here. More, it's called More Love Letters. More Love Letters. The book that I wrote on it is called If You Find This Letter. Okay, okay, there we go. Um, Hannah, what's your website where they can hook, uh, hook up with you guys and send letters uh, or receive them if need be? Moreloveletters.com. Okay, perfect. Um, you also released a book last year. It's called Come Matter here. I love that because I think we're all searching for a place to matter, to belong. Um, talk to me about your book and just your heart behind it. Well, I think it's interesting what you were saying earlier about like, maybe this is a challenge presented to people to like see, you know, the cashier at Target or the person that does your eyelashes. And I think that this was really the extension of that story um, was that I reached a point even in doing beautiful things for God every single day where I really, I really lost myself in the chase after the next best thing. You know, Mm -hmm. it was always like, I think it was a soundtrack that came into the back of my head that like, well, I'll matter when this happens and I'll matter when this happens. And if you live by that soundtrack, like you never actually get to the place where you arrive. You're just constantly (laughs) chasing after something. And so come matter here for me was really the chance for me to step into that challenge and to plant down roots and do all the things that I probably, I didn't do when I moved to New York city of like building a home and being where my feet are and like counting that as enough that like, I think I've learned so much from having a global platform that at the end of the day, 
that platform is never going to feed you. It's never going to fulfill you if you don't learn how to partner with God on the ground and with the people that are in your everyday life, like the people you see every day. Um, and so, yeah, that's been my challenge ever since. So you said at the beginning of the show, you know, depression is something that um, that you dealt with and, and um, were diagnosed with and stuff like that. And one of the things that I think is interesting in this book I'm just going to read the question. It says, um, how did you constantly work towards a new place in life, leave you feeling anxious and depressed? Because I think this is so important. Um, you know, th- just exactly what you said, that thing, even that strive is not going to satisfy you. It leaves you more yeah. anxious and depressed. Talk to me about that for a minute, because I feel like that is a truth bomb that we, we, we just need to hear from you. Yeah, I mean, I definitely thought, especially after I went through depression in New York City, I thought I thought depression was like um, the chicken pox, like you have it once and then you never deal with it again. Um, I never, I didn't know that it would be something that I will likely deal with my entire life, maybe. And so for me, it's, it's kind of like when you, like, when you go to the mall or when you go on a hike and you go and you look at that map and you want to locate where you are, like, up until you find the point where you are, you're kind of just floating. Like, you don't know where you are. You don't have a destination. Your feet aren't rooted somewhere. And I think the same thing happens in life. Like, if we are always pushing towards something, like, well, what if that thing doesn't happen? Or what if that Mm. thing implodes? Or what if the thing that we were striving for, like, doesn't fill us in the way that we thought it was going to fill us? Like, how is our soul not going to become tired and worn out and exhausted from that chase. And so for me personally, I just really, I reached the end of myself. I kind of ran myself straight into a wall. Um, and I went through another round of depression that I always say like, well, if the first time was depression, then this thing needed a whole different name because it took on a whole different form. Um, and it left me fighting for my life and really needing to lean on my people and lean on, like, the mental health community. And what happened, though, even though that was the darkest, scariest time in my life, like, what came out of it was that I was able to rebuild my life and rebuild it on a foundation that actually mattered and mm-hmm. something that gave me purpose every single day and, like, taught me to be rooted in no longer thinking, well, I'll be enough when I get to X, Y, and Z, because that chase, it just, it never ends. Right. It's like, I, I mean, I, I, I had definitely had a tendency to be like this years ago where I was like, okay, wait, I reached the level I wanted to reach and I'm still not, yeah. I'm still not at peace. Wait, I've, this is what I wanted to do. And I'm still not. And I personally, for me, it was definitely, I had to redirect what I was finding my, um, supply of peace in. It's not in getting that thing or that level or that dream or that goal. It's in, it's in the Lord. That is what stabilized me. And I thought, you know what he, you know what, what he, he's always going to approve me. And um, this is a real, like, real talk, real life issue where people, I think people need to talk more about exactly what you said. The expectation was I would be at peace or I would be happier, I would be whatever if I reached this level. And whoops, I'm there. I don't feel it. 
As a matter of fact, I feel worse. This is such, yeah. this is um, so profound. Y'all, go pick up this book. It's called um, Come Matter Here. Her name is Hannah Brencher. She's also a TED speaker. Like, hello. That's like, that's, way to go, girl. That's amazing. How was that? Are you still a TED speaker or uh, what's what's the deal with that? Yeah, I mean, it was TED's Global Talent Search. Um, and I went and I auditioned and then out of it, they put my TED Talk online on TED.com and my life just kind of flipped upside down. But um, it was last because it was my first speaking engagement. Like I had never what? stepped on a stage. <laughs> and then I'm there and like reviewing my talk in front of the TED content team. And like, it just was a crazy, crazy experience, but I am I am forever thankful for Ted because I think they led me into so many of the great things that I get to do now. Amazing. Well, congratulations on that. That is a that is a huge deal. But also on this new book, <clears throat> those of you that are listening today, um, that are uh, maybe in that space where you're, you know, just out of college and, um, you know, kind of fighting some of those expectations. Maybe you moved to Dallas. Maybe you moved to New York. We just had one of our team members move to New York. <laughs> she did it by herself. I was so proud of her. She's straight out of college. Um, I mean, she boss babe that thing. Like, I was really proud of her. But um, go pick up this book, Come Matter Here. Thank you so much, Hannah, for being on our show and just sharing your story. You are amazing. Absolutely. Thank you. Awesome. And thanks to you out there. You know you can catch me right back here tomorrow on The Autumn Mile Show. The Autumn Miles Show is listener supported and your donation to keep her on the air is much appreciated. To make a donation, visit autumnmiles.com. And if you make a donation of $100 or more, you'll receive an autographed copy of her book of the month. This program is underwritten by Mary Maids of Fort Worth. Your future starts now. Thanks for listening and join us next time for the Autumn Miles Show on the Word 100.7 FM.